Hey, y'all, and welcome to Recovery Real Talk. Nothing changes if nothing changes. I am a grateful alcoholic addict. My problem is Teddy, and I'll be your tour guide on this bozo bus that's just trying to stay sober and keep it between the ditches. I want to welcome you all and to let you know how humbled we are that you've taken out your time to give us a listen. If you're already a subscriber, thanks and welcome back. If this is your first time, it's great to have you with us. Please take a second and hit subscribe, like us, and share us if you dig what we're trying to say. We are so grateful that you guys are all here. We hope that our little show is going to be fun, insightful, but most importantly, real. We are here to be of service to those who are in a program of recovery or those of you who may just be tired of playing the same silly games expecting different prizes. We hope to share our experience, strength, and hope with you that you too may recover from a hopeless state of mind and body. Just a quick FYI, by no means and most assuredly do we not speak for AA, NA, CA, or any 12-step program as a whole. You are free to agree or disagree with anything we say as you see fit. In fact, if we do say anything that can't be reconciled with the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous or the 12 and 12, we suggest you stop. Don't pay attention to anything we say. And then please, send help, because one of us have lost our damn mind again. This is real talk about recovery. So if you're offended by a little bad language, we're sorry. Just consider yourself warned. Now y'all ready? Let's go. Hey guys, how's it going um, today? Man, I hope everything is, you're blessed. Really, really honored tonight to um, have a really close buddy of mine come in and kind of stir up a little bit of trouble for us. Dan H., my brother, how are you doing tonight? Man, I'm great. How are you? I am. I'm here, and I appreciate you coming on. Absolutely, man. Thanks for the invite. Being able to share a little bit of your experience, strength, and hope with these guys. I, man, I appreciate it. Now, where are you from originally? I'm from Omaha, Nebraska. Omaha, Nebraska. Is that the Cornhuskers? That is the Cornhuskers. Yeah. <laughs> Good, good, man. I, um, if you don't mind, would you, uh, uh, you know, would you share with us your sobriety date? Absolutely, sobriety date is October twenty eighth, nineteen ninety four. Nineteen ninety four. Hold on. I mean, you don't look. <laughs> How does that work? I'm an old man. Are you really? I mean, because you don't look that age at any all. Yeah, I got sober at nineteen. At nineteen. Yep. Wow. What a blessing. That is that is cool as everything. So let me ask you a question. What is your favorite movie of all time? So I, and oh, yep. what does it say about you? So I have two favorite movies, depending on the mood that I'm in, right? Okay. So my, my favorite movie is Reality Bites. Okay. It's a uh, 90s romantic comedy, and uh, it's a real-life experience about kids that are trying to navigate college, et cetera, et cetera. So that hits home with me. And then my other one is Usual Suspects because – who doesn't love that damn movie, right? Sure. Um, so, so Dan, let me ask you a question. Um, what's been going on in your life recently that you did or did not expect to happen? So I have an eight-year-old son at home. Congratulations. And, uh, one of my favorite things to do is I get to coach his football team. And uh, to think that I could, number one, pass a background check, <laughs> number two, be trusted, and number three, be looked up to as a leader of, of you know young men slash boys is really admirable to me. No, that's very cool. That now, did you expect that? Uh, no, that that was that was nothing I ever expected. And I know you, you know. And the thing about it is, is you know, I I, I don't know how bad you were when you you know when you were still practicing, but um, man, the idea that somebody trusts you around kids, 
that's a win-win for everybody. <laughs> yeah. So um, let me ask you a question because we ask all of our, you know, all of our guests this is, what does your morning routine look like? So my morning routine, I wake up and get my son off to school. Uh, and then I take the time out to meditate in a quiet house afterwards. I take that five minutes, ten minutes for prayer and meditation. And my two, my two prayers that I say on the daily uh, routine, in the morning I say, you know, God, give me the strength to get through today. Show me what you want me to do, and don't be subtle about it. Blow the doors off and show me where you want me to go. And then at night, before I go to sleep, my routine is to say thank you for another day and uh, just appreciation, you know, gratitude all the way. That's incredible. And I'll tell you this much. You know, I don't, I don't know if I told you this or not, but there was a saying that that we were in a meeting one time and that you said that, um, that I attempt to live by, and that is, should this be said? Should this be said right now? And should this be said right now by me? And most of the time when I get to the by me, it's oh, hell no. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just the way that it is. So um, what's been on your mind lately, um, and what would you like to, to, you hope to share with our listeners here? Yeah, so I think recently what's been on my mind is helping others, you know, and, and I'm not by nature an empathetic or helpful person. And I think that's something I've grown into in sobriety. Like, I never envisioned myself putting someone else first, let alone putting myself out to help somebody. So, like, when I'm lucky enough to sponsor guys, I feel really fortunate, sit down with them, roll up our sleeves and work the steps, and then actually be vulnerable and go to my sponsor and say, hey, man, I'm having a tough day. Can you help me out? You know, that that's what keeps me sober today, I think. Cool, cool, cool. And, um, you know, that is that is for, you know, service is a big deal. And, uh, you know, that's what I was taught. You know, I was taught get out of yourself, get into somebody else. And uh, that's incredible. Uh, so let me ask you this. Who was the one person who had the most influence in your recovery other than your higher power? So I stumbled into this program at 19, and I was emotionally, physically, and spiritually bankrupt, as well as actually bankrupt. I spent my last $8 the night before. And I didn't know what I was going to do. So I walked into my first meeting. There was a guy named Joe Smith there. And he came up to me and he said, hey, I'm going to be your sponsor. And I remember saying, you know, I don't know a whole lot about this thing, but I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> and he said, that's how it works for you. I'm going to be your sponsor. And that dude was the most patient, knowledgeable, but absolutely willing to call me out at a moment's notice and knock me down a peg when it was necessary. And he absolutely took the time out from his family to teach me this thing inside and out. And I still, he's gone now, but I still appreciate it to this day. Call out to Joe. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's, that's incredible. Um, what's the one idea that you think the majority of people um, get wrong about AA? I think there's two major things people get wrong. One is that we're a cult and a religious pusher, you know? And I don't think that's the case at all. I think that's someone's insecurity talking to them. And I think the other thing is that we're a bunch of low-bottom drunks that lay around and say, woe is me all the time, you know? Amen. They think we're a glum lot, but the truth is we're actually happy, joyous, and free, you know? I mean, we struggle just like anybody else does. Sure. At the same time, man, we laugh, we cut up, we have a good time, and we're not trying to push anybody to do anything, man. Everything we do is a suggestion. That's it. Yeah, no, no alcoholic likes to be told what to do. No, no person, <laughs> no person likes to be told what exactly to do. Right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Well, um, you know, I mean, you said you got sober at 19. Yep. Um, and so you came in, and in all reality, 
started from the I mean from the start. I mean, relapse is not a part of your your story. It is not. It is not. When I came in, I came in, and I was uh, my dad actually entered the program five years before I did, and we were estranged because I come from a long line of really successful alcoholics who never gave up, and my dad was the first one to break that cycle. And it took us a long time to get back together, and it's only by the power of this program that my family got back together. Well, that's interesting, but, I mean, you did, I mean, you guys have gotten gotten back to a relationship and those type things. We did, so I did my amends, and he was obviously on my list, and I saved him till very, very last. And, uh, man, we we had a good cry. We'd never done that before. We laid it all on the table. And, uh, I mean, honestly, this program and this higher power is the only thing that got us back together. It would have never happened otherwise. Man, that, that that's that's beautiful, you know. But at 19, I have a question, and, and the question is, is, you know, when did you first think that AA might 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 be about might be the answer? So the crazy thing is, I never had any intention of quitting. I had a grandiose plan, and the, and the truth is, like I thought it was really hard to get alcohol. Like I had all these deals, like I'd leave money out by the dumpster, and the seven guy would bring it out, or I'd pay a homeless guy, he'd get four cans, I'd get the rest, that type of deal. And I was a big forty ounce guy, so I, I found ways to get it. But honestly, it wasn't that hard to get it, but I told myself, once I turn 21, I'm checking out. That's it. My tab is done and I'm, I'm out of here. And I said, you know, whatever God there is, whatever life there is, I'm done at 21. I'm out of here. And uh, at 19, like I said, this wrench got thrown into my plan. I was in a place and I, I caught the mother of all ass kickings and I went and asked for help. And the next day I was at a meeting and it just like, I don't know, like if you would have asked me that day on October 27th, 1994, I would have said AA is not for me. I would have told you, and I would have passed a lie detector test. I would have said, man, that's just not my deal. It's not part of my story. I'm out of here in two years, you know? But the truth is I wouldn't have made it two years on the path I was on. Yeah, it would, it would, it would not have ended well, huh? No, not at all. So, you know, I mean, so what's tonight's topic? You tell me. I think tonight's topic is... Giving back, honestly, I think it should be because shame on us if we come into this program, get a little bit of sobriety, someone gives us a gift of sobriety, teaches us how to work this thing, and then we thank them for their time and head on down the road. You know? Sure. No. I feel like I feel like if, if we do that, then what are we giving back? You know what I mean? We're given the gift of sobriety, and I, I think it's a gift. And if we don't give it back to somebody else, shame on us for doing that, you know? No, I, I mean, so when you say give back, you know, I mean, let's get a little bit more out of that. Yeah. So, you know, expand a little bit more on, you know, how, because there's some folks out out here, you know, that, um, you know, maybe they're new to the program. Maybe, you know, wh- what are we giving? You know, what are we, what are, what are we expected to give in this program? Right. Well, the big book tells us we can't transmit something we don't have, right? I, and in layman's term, I say you can't drive your friends to the airport if you don't have gas in your car. True that. Right? So the way I think of it is if I don't take the time out with someone else to actually work these steps, go through the rigorous process of Alcoholics Anonymous, and then after that, meet up with somebody and try to help that person too, then I'm not giving back, right? Right. So I'm not going to a meeting, I'm not helping somebody else, and I'm not sponsoring anybody. And we also have what's called service positions, right? All right. So the, I had a home group, the very first home group I ever went to. There must have been seven guys that went there. They elected me treasurer. And I was like, <laughs> they're going to trust me with the money, right? 
But I'll tell you what, when that thing came around to me, I faced those dollar bills. There's only like six of them, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I faced the dollar bills. I filled out my envelope. I put it in there, right? Yeah. And then the next month, I had ashtrays because back then, every every AM oh, you had smoke in you it. Oh, you bet. I didn't like that one as much as I like Treasure, right? But then I got Coffee Maker, and boy, I went and bought expensive coffee, and we had the best, <laughs> we had the best coffee in town, right? So it, it's service work, it's helping other people, but it's continuing your own journey also. It's giving back. Well, let, I mean, you know, and that brings me back. I, I believe, you know, I, I went, I, I went to my first AA meeting in 1986, Ooh. and I want to say in '87 or '88. I'm not really sh- remember when, but I went to a 2:30 meeting in Austin. And uh, the guy that greeted me at the door was Stevie Ray Vaughan. Oh, nice. Yeah. But uh, here I am. I'm a, you know, you know, Uber, you know, hair band and all of that stuff. And, um, you know, a super, you know, Stevie Ray Vaughan fan. And, you know, it's like, but he was just, hey, man, I'm Steve. I'm glad you're here. He's just a dude. He was just a dude. He was, you know, but, um, you know, I'm not sure how long he'd been sober. But, you know, the thing is, is, you know, as I've learned, you know, to, you know, coming back, you know, keep coming back was um, because I, you know, again, it's 1986, you know, uh, you know, and that would be 87 or 88. So it was a long day of time ago. Uh, but the, the, the humility that he had, you know, it was not the humility that I'd ever seen before. Sure. And, um, and that's the, the cool thing is, you know, even greeting, you know, at the door, it was because it's a cool thing to walk in and because I wasn't used to being welcomed in, right. I was more used to being shown the way out. You know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, but uh, so you know what you know. Other than sponsoring guys, and you know that's a, that's a a question that you know we're going to do a topic on is is what, who, and why you know is a sponsor, and why do we need them? You know, from that standpoint. Sure. But I know that I know some of the guys that, that you know you sponsor, and you know we're lucky. You know, I'm lucky enough to have developed a relationship with you, and you know. The, you know, and the guys, you know, some of the guys that you sponsor, you know, they say, you know, really smart things. And I go, where the hell did they get that from? You know? <laughs> yeah. um, but the cool thing about it is I know that you're very active in, in, in sponsorship and a big believer in it. Let me ask you a question. Um, where do you where do you start off in the big book uh, as a newcomer? The beginning. Where is the beginning? <laughs> it's I, 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 baby. You got to start all the way back and, and work your way through. I think if you don't read those first 168 pages, you're selling yourself short. I will say, though, that I tailor made my program when I sponsor somebody to that person. Sure. Because people come in in different situations. So there are some things that people need to hear more than others. And I start, but I never start anywhere but step one. You know, you bet. So we may read different things, and we may look at different parts of the book, but always start on step one. Now, Mike, and this is another just thing that I want to add too is, um, do you guys do work? Are you working um, out of the big book and the twelve and twelve? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Okay. And and what's cool about the first hundred sixty eight pages is, if you're working the steps, you can go back and forth between the two. You bet. You know, when you get to the fourth step and you're in, you know, how it works and, and all that you see how those two feed into each other and give you a little bit more information. No, I mean, you know, and, and the great thing is, is, you know, where do you start? Well, you start at the front, right? You know, um, a lot of people don't realize that, you know, when, 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 when Bill, you know, they started writing this book, it's a textbook, right? You know I mean? And so, you know, from that, that the preface on, 
you know, they're going to naturally assume that you don't know what the, you know, what the hell's about this book's about. Right. You know, and so they're going to start in the same way a normal text, if it was, you know, math or anything else, they're going to start simple addition and subtraction. So you start at the front, but a lot of people go, well, where are the steps? Right, right, right. You know, and I go, whoa, 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 you know, because the steps are, you know, chapter five and you can't do, you know, you can't do, you know, algebra right now. So, you know, the thing is, is, you know, that is so important. And the biggest thing is, is, you know, you know, when I first, you know, got, got willing and was given the gift of desperation, you know, the thing is, is I didn't want to do it. You know, I mean, but I I was willing to do it because I didn't have any other option, you know, and, you know, I, you know, from that, you know, is how willing are you, you know? And so, you know, what are the, what are those things, you know, I mean, that you talk, when you talk to your sponsees or something that, you know, you, you always ask them. Right. Well, let's go back first. So when I was newly sober, I had a guy ask me to sponsor him. Okay. I thought he was kidding me. Right. Because I was like, you're serious? You want me to sponsor you, right? So I was like, call me three times a day. Read this. You know, we'll meet, we'll meet twice a week. You know, we're going to do this. We're going to go to these meetings. And then he went back out, and I was devastated, right? <laughs> yeah. So I called my sponsor, who, again, like I told you, is the kindest, gentlest, nicest, but also the guy who's most willing to knock me down a peg at a moment's notice. Sure. And he was like, what happened? And I was like, he went back out. I don't know. And he said, well, let me ask you this. Are you sober today? Right. And I said, yes, I am. He said, then you're doing the right thing. Amen. So that's the biggest part of it for me is I'm not doing this to keep somebody else sober. I'm doing it to keep myself sober. Right. Yeah. So fast forward to now, whenever somebody asks me to sponsor them, the first thing I say is, hey, we can talk about it, but let's go grab a coffee and talk about it. Because a lot of times I'll never hear from them again, you know, but if you go, yeah, I'll be your sponsor. They'll be around at meetings, not doing any work. Coming around once a month, probably drunk, saying, Yeah, Dan's my sponsor and it's really great. You know, and you're like, Well, don't say that, dude. You know, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> you're not doing any work, yeah, You're not doing anything. Yeah. No, I mean, 100%. And, you know, I mean, I, I always ask my sponsees, How willing are you? Yeah. You know, how willing are you? Yeah. Because, you know, that was the thing that, you know, that, that always stayed out, you know, was, you know, the willingness, you know, because I really didn't understand the idea of faith without works is dead. You know, I really didn't. I, I, you know, I mean, I was raised in a religious, you know, you know, all that deal, but I didn't understand that faith, you know, that, that until somebody said, well, willingness without action is a fantasy. And I went, holy shit, you know, the light bulb goes on. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, after a lot, you know, after 50 years, finally, you know, but the idea behind it is, is, you know, those are those things of, you know, what, let me ask you this is, is if somebody you know, where are you at with um, the hearing someone say, well, I didn't do anything. God did all of it. Mm-hmm. What, what is your, your thoughts on that? So to me, God is the foundation of everything. My higher power is the foundation of everything. And I've found the more I try to help, the more I get in the way and complicate the whole thing, right? Because right. God has this amazing plan. And then I go, but it's Dan's plan, right? And then <laughs> it gets all screwed up. So I think nothing happens by accident. That's that's what I start every day with. And that's why I said, like, my prayer every day is show me where you want me to go and blow the doors off. Because, man, subtleties don't work with me. Like, I need to see it with blinding lights, right? So I think that God is on the move at all times. I think God does amazing things. And I think God causes us to do things. So I think we're in the chair, we're doing the work, but God's causing us to do it if we're being honest. Well, you know, and I because I've heard several things, you know, because, you know, and once, you know, I, I, I'd said that, I'd said, you know, well, you know, hey, man, you know, because people congratulate me for my, you know, my first chip or, you know, those type of things. 
And, and you know, I said, man, I, I didn't do anything. God did it all. And, you know, somebody rolled up and he goes, hey, man, you did the work. Yeah, you he did. did the heavy lifting. Right. You know, I mean, right. you know, you were willing to take that step and, and to put it in that and, and to, do, to do it. But don't be confused. He did the heavy lifting. So, Well, there's the old fable that's like, yeah, God's going to bring the rain, but you got to plant a couple of seeds in your field if you want to get a crop, you know, and, and God's going to give you the seeds. But, you know, it's not a partnership, man. God's got to be everything or he's nothing. Amen. Amen. I mean, that's, that is 100% true. Um, so, you know, I mean, how many meetings do you make a week? I make three a week every week. Every week. And then, so is that now, what, what is your, what is your, do you lean on, I mean, towards when you're sponsoring somebody, the 30 and 30 or the 90 and 90 or those type things? I think there's, I think you can tailor make it to somebody, you know, but again, like I said, it depends on where they're at, man, because some people just want to talk. Some people don't actually want to do the work, and some people are all in. You know, we have what's called the gift of desperation. That means we're coming in, we've hit rock bottom, and we want this thing. There's other people who are just kind of looking for some breadcrumbs, you know? So I always make suggestions, and my first suggestion is download the Daily Reflection on your phone. Every day in the morning, read the Daily Reflection and text me about it. Because guess what? If you text me when you're feeling good, then it's okay to text me when you feel bad. That's the first thing. Like, if you're not feeling good, it's not uncomfortable because we've already been talking. The second thing is, I remember what it's like to be newly sober and go, I have no idea what to say to my sponsor, dude. I don't even know what to talk about, right? So here's a daily reflection that lays something out. It's always from the literature, and it's always a thought on that literature piece, right? So it's an easy way to say, hey, I get this. This relates to me. It's an easy way to say I don't get this at all. And it's an easy way to say I have no idea what they're talking about. But guess what? It holds me accountable too because God forbid I wake up, don't read Daily Reflection, (laughs) and some sponsee's going, hey, man, did you read today? I got to be like, hold on just a second. Let me. (laughs) No, man, I'm telling you, that's a, you know, and those those are those little nuggets, you know, because... You know, the funny thing about, you know, because relapse is a, it's definitely a part of my story, you know, you know, I mean, but the uh, then then what you said is, you know, some people come in and, you know, they really don't want it. Maybe they're getting a little bit of information or they haven't had enough, you know, I mean, and they want to chase that to wherever it takes them to go. And, and that's OK with us. You know, I mean, that's, you know, I mean, you know, it's 100 percent self-diagnosed, um, you know, but you were one of the guys that came in and, you you know, was it? Was it that you were just sick and tired of being sick and tired? Or, you know, I mean, what really, you know, what was the, the, at 19 years old to be able to go, these guys have something that I want? So I was 17 and I got court ordered to go to meetings. Okay. And I went to my first meeting and I walked in, this old timer said, what are you doing here? And I was like, oh, I got this card. He's like, have your girlfriend sign it. Who gives a shit? You know? And so I signed it with my left hand, signed it with my right <laughs> hand. She signed it, went back to the judge, and I was like, oh, that was really inspirational. I won't, you know, and then a month later, I'm in front of him again. <laughs> and uh, he was like, I'm not sending you back to the meetings, you know. So at 19, when I finally went, I used to like to fight a lot. Uh, oh, really? That was one of my favorite things to do. I just pick a fight with a guy bigger than me, get beat up, and be like, yeah, but did you see how big that guy was? That was my thing. Because I thought if I keep fighting bigger guys, one day I'm going to be so tough, <laughs> right? But that day didn't come very often, yeah. right? So if I fought a guy my own size, I was all right. But, man, I got pounded on, right? So like I said, October 27th, I ran into a guy that I should not have ran into, and I started a fight I should not have started. And my life was already in shambles, you know? And, I mean, this guy, I mean, he beat me within an inch of my life. Man, I had a concussion. My eyeball was coming out of my socket. My cheek was fractured. And I walked to this guy's house. It's 3 in the morning. I walked seven miles to this guy's house. Knocked on the door at 3 in the morning. 
And he answers the door, and he holds his hand right in my chest, and he said, hey, man, I'm not letting you in here if you're not done. He's like, don't even walk in my house if you're not done. And I said, man, I'm done. I'm finished. I can't do this anymore. And for the first time in my life, I wanted to live, you know? Because wow. all this stuff before, they were like, oh, you keep doing this, you're going to die. I don't care. Yeah. You keep living like this, you're going to die. I don't care. My friends are already dead. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I've seen rolled cars. I've seen whatever. Everybody's got war stories, right? Sure. But it's like, I don't care. You know? It's not, that doesn't bother me. That doesn't scare me. Yeah. Right? But for the first time in my life, I was like, I want to be here. You know? Because when I was drinking, it would be Tuesday. I'd have a bad day, and i go, I'll see you Sunday. Yeah. You know? And that was it. And when I stopped, I was like, man, I don't want to miss any more days. I want to be here. You know? And I was, honestly, I went to this meeting, and I was a little bit skeptical. But, man, when Joe pulled me in... I was like, this, this kind of feels good, you know? There's, yeah. this, there's this other guy. His name was Mike. And Mike, I love Mike. He had, like, Jerry Curl, big gold chains, used to be a pimp, you know? Yeah. He would share, and he'd be like, I don't care if you're a girl. I don't care if you're a dude. Get out there and make me money. And I was scared of Mike, dude. <laughs> Mike was going to Mike, Mike kick you work. Yeah, Mike was like, I'm going to kick your ass if you go back out. And I believed him. Oh, sure. And I was like, but, I mean, I'm like everybody else. I walked to this meeting. I was like, man, I'm not afraid of anybody. And yeah. And my sponsor's like, you don't look like you're very good at fighting, dude. You should probably <laughs> stop, you know? But I, but I had the willingness. That's it. You know, I didn't know that I wanted AA. I didn't know that I wanted to be sober the rest of my life. I just had a willingness to see what it was about. And then you, I mean, again, I, I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to do the math right now. Yeah. And, 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 you know. It's a lot. How many years? 27. 27 years. Yeah. Wow. You know. The, cra I mean, the crazy thing is, and it's what people don't understand, because what I did was I stopped drinking, smoking, and eating meat on the same day. Really? Yeah. And I like to this day, I can't tell you why. It doesn't make sense to me. But God said to me, you're done with all these things, right? Really? And suddenly, I'm no longer this angry, aggressive person. And I don't know which part it was, because I met with a guy the other day who beats people up for a living. It's his job. Sure. And he said, man, I don't see any violence in you at all. And I was like, because I'm not that person anymore. Yeah. You know, I've fundamentally changed who I am. And the people who knew me then are like, dude, I can't even understand how you're this calm. And the people who know me now go, I can't even imagine you mad. You know? Yeah. It's no. just not my life. Yeah. I mean, it's so far. I mean, and again, that's, you know, that, that's a part, that's part of my story. But it's not who I am. Right, exactly. I mean, I've got crooked fingers and busted whatever, you know, <laughs> from yeah. all that. But and what's funny, though, is I was talking to my son, and he was like, have you ever been in a fight? And I was like, yeah, you know, a little bit. Oh, yeah. And he's like, what happened? I was like, I didn't like what a guy was saying, so I punched him in the mouth. You know, and it's like, yeah. he's like, what happened? I was like, I went to jail. And he's like, what? And I was like, well, let's not talk about it anymore. Yeah. You know, and I was like, let's, let's when you're older, we'll have that conversation. Yeah, not, you bet. Not quite ready for all that yet. Well, you know, I mean, because I have a 13-year-old. So just to show you, you know, my God's sense of humor is I have him, you know, 34 to, or 30, you know, 33 to, to 13. He'll be 14 in, in, in June. God decided that I would never stop paying for college <laughs> and I would never have a naked day. You, you know, go, there you from go. that standpoint. But, um, you know, the, the, you know, the thing is, is what, rec what has recovery done for me? You know, and the, the whole concept to him was that, that's the one thing was I have I can't remember when dad raised his voice anymore, yeah. you know, um, you know, and, and, and we think about those things and those blessings and those gifts, you know, that, you know, I mean, I don't, I didn't deserve, I don't deserve that. You know I mean? Just for that. Um, a couple of weeks ago, one of our, our friends took, you know, their daughter and rest into a movie. And then later after, you know, they went to some game to chop or something like that. 
and they were going around the room and asking, um, you know, who's your superhero? And, uh, man, I'm mean, almost tears, but, you know, because they asked, they said, you know, hey, Rustin, what, what, who's your superhero? And he just rolled it. He said, my dad's my superhero. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's hard to even talk about because, you know, again, here, this is a kid that, you know, had walked on eggshells when he was, you know, when he was younger. Um, and, and now to see, you know, I'm not that guy anymore. I'm a, it's just not a part of who I am. You know, now don't be confused. I still have right, character defects, right, sure. you know, and I find them out you know, all the time. Right. But, you know, the whole idea is, is that, you know, that anybody would say that, you know, but much less my son. And, um, you know, it's just, that's where God's doing for me what I can't do for myself. Yeah, but to bring it back full circle, we also say we've only got one day, right? right. We have a daily reprieve from this thing. So if I don't do the work each day, then I'm not going to have this thing anymore. You know, it doesn't matter if I have a month or 28 years, you know? It matters that today I did some work to stay sober. So, yeah, you know, in most meetings, um, and hopefully across the, you know, across, you know, and if you haven't gone to a meeting and you're listening to this, you might need to. But, um, you know, most of the time you get a list of numbers, um, you know, and I, and I tell, you know, just folks, that, you know, if I'm the newcomer chair or anything else, I just go, hey, man, I just want to let you know, these, you know, these are the these are the numbers. And every one of these guys would lay down their life for you never to take a drink again. Um, they just can't do it for you. But, you know, we as alcoholics, are, you know, when we're in our disease, you know, that's the last thing that we're going to do is ask for help. Sure. But that's the biggest thing, you know, for me is, you know, calling, just calling because, you know, I'm not, it's not I don't think it's fear. I think in all reality, it's just become habit. But that's what I wanted it to be, because I know that I'm going to be caught one day, period, the end zilch, with no mental or physical capabilities against the first drink. It's going to be based on my spiritual relationship between me and my higher power. Well, my higher power doesn't go boom, click, wow, everything's fixed, Ted. Right, you know, right, right. Um, you know, he goes, hey man, I, 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 you know what? You've got some tools, pick them up, That's right. dumbass. You know, I mean, and so, but I wanted to get that muscle memory of you know being able to call and and you know and as that, but you know, how do you get to or or, or get that across to somebody as how really and truly life-saving that list can be. Yeah. So <clears throat> the, let's transport back in memory lane. So I'm 1994. I'm sober. I can't afford a house phone. Don't have a cell phone. It's sure. not even thought of. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I live on the third floor and my sponsor wants me to call him every day. So I got to walk down these flights of stairs and go to a payphone on this busy street. Right. <laughs> and, I'm complaining about it, right? I'm like, hey, man, I can't be walking down all these stairs. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And he's not trying to hear it. You know no, what I mean? He's like, hey, if you needed a drink, you would have walked down any amount of stairs That's or right. up and back down. Right? That's right. So I think it's important, like I just said, like you've got to tell people, hey, man, if you call me when things are good, it won't feel weird to call me when they're not good. And That's guess right. what? Life continues to happen. We live in a fallen world. Corruption happens everywhere. It's going to catch you when you least expect it. That's right. And you know what? Like, I have actual friends now, which I never had before, you know? And I'm an actual friend now, you know? I've got, I do 12-step calls. I do whatever, you know? I have wives call me and, you know, my pastor will say, hey, we got to go talk to somebody. And I'm there for it, you know? But it's not, it's obviously not my favorite thing to do, right? But I think communication is key, man, because you live such a sheltered life. 
I lived such a sheltered life when I was drinking, right? I did this thing where I was like, everybody get away from me. And yeah. then I went, where'd everybody go? Where'd, where'd everybody go? And then yeah. I'm crying about it. You know, yeah. I'm all alone. And then yeah. somebody tries to come in, you're like, get away from me. And it's the whole cycle, right? Yeah. No, you bet. So now that I'm sober, it's like, hey, man, let me get a crew of people so that I have that armor on me. And it's people who want, who have what I want. You bet. You know? I see people in the media and I go, man, that guy's, that guy's telling my story. I'm going to go get his number and I'm going to call him. And, and what's weird is I had a sponsor go, man, what if I call this guy and he tells me not to call him? And I said, <laughs> you let me know if that happens. You bet. Because we'll have a whole different conversation. It's a whole different not conversation. Not you. Not me and him. Not me and him. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I was like, but I promise you it won't happen. And it's weird at first, man. You know what sure I mean? Sure it is. To like, as a dude, to call another dude and just be like, hey, man, let me... Let me love on you a little bit. Let me talk to you a little bit. Yeah. Let me get real with you. It's weird, right? Because it's, oh, it it's not something you normally do. No. But breaking down that barrier and just going, hey, brother, I love you. I'm here for you. And you're not alone anymore. We're, yeah. we're going to do this thing together. I can't do it for you, like you said. You bet. But you're not alone doing it anymore, you know? That was, that. I mean, and that has so much power in it. You know, I mean, again, you know, we did, we did this podcast in all reality for, you know, service but you know we're you know for the guy in tupelo mississippi that's driving down the road that's never heard a podcast and decided that today was the day that he was gonna you know listen to a podcast and we get you know and this is where he landed right. i'm sorry for you anyway brother, <laughs> you know, but you're in a shit storm um i mean you are that, in tupelo though so. oh, yeah. Hey, man, yeah. <laughs> but the thing about it is 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 you know that's what we want you know if anybody you know if we just reach one you know just reach one and you know, somebody goes, hey, man, those guys are, you know, they're living, they're smiling, they're laughing. But, you know, I can hear the sincerity, you know, I mean, I, because I know your heart. I know, I mean, you know, I mean, we do you do a lot of stuff together. But the issue being is, is, man, we just want to help, right. you know. And what we're what we're doing is, is you know, it helps us, you know, more than, you know, what, what they would ever think, you know, or anybody would ever think because, you know, I call, uh, and this is not anything about Teddy, this is just reality is, you know, I call five alcoholics before five. Nobody warned me. Nobody told me to do it. It's just what came up, you know, and I think it was because of my classic over, you know, overachieving alcoholic. But I was also that frightened that those are the things that I'd never done and all of my relapses and everything else. It was, you know, I had never reached out and asked for help or talked to somebody, you know, I, I'd never done that. And, you know, the issue is, is I don't, you know, I, I know that a hundred percent that I have another drunk in me. Yep. The, 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 the realization that I don't have, an, I might not have another sober up, you know, that's eye opening and, and it should be, you know, now I, I, man, I have recovered from a hopeless state of mind and body, but I'm still an alcoholic, sure. you know? And so, the, the the whole thing about that is, you know, I've got to to not only stay, keep my spiritual, you know, the, the up-down relationship, you know, and it's, I call him God, he calls me Teddy, and I'm the only one that gets those two confused sometimes. Sure. But the, the reality is, is it's the fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous. Now, the 12 steps, I mean, what do you feel like? The, because I know, but my question is, is because I had some sponsors go, well, I'm going to meetings. Right. And I went, yeah, but you're not doing the 12 step, you know what I mean? You're not doing work. And, you know, and he goes, well, I mean, you know, I'm feeling better. You know, can you address that a little bit? With me? Yeah. So my first sponsor, Joe used to say to me, do you want five cents sobriety? Do you want million dollars sobriety? Right. And he said, me, I want million dollars sobriety. And I, I heard him say that. And I heard him say that the work is important. And the way it was described to me is if you go to the doctor, cause you're not feeling well, you get a Z pack, you take two out of the five and you chuck the rest of the pack. Guess what? 
you're in danger still, right? It doesn't mean you're not in danger even if you work the steps. And the other thing I think is important to remember is if you go to a meeting, if you pick up a book, you listen to a podcast, whatever, you've already shown willingness for this thing. Your mind's already telling you, hey, man, there's something going on and I might need help, right? So saying I need help, you've already done it by your action, right? So you're, you're selling yourself short. You know, because I've done that. Like, nobody wants to admit they're insane. Yeah. Nobody wants to find a higher power. Nobody wants to do an inventory. Nobody sits down and goes, you know what would be really awesome tonight? Let me sit down and write all the crappy things I've done to people, and let me go tell them I realize I did crappy things to you, and I'm sorry, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's like, I get it. And a lot of sponsees do the first three steps, and they're gone, yeah. you know? But the big book tells us once we've talked to another alcoholic, the seed is planted, right. and they're forever altered, Right. So it's not on me to make you do the steps. If you don't want to do the steps, that's your deal. It's a suggestion, right? So if you want to stay sober, this is the only way I know how to do it. And that's why I tell people, you know, it's like you can go to meetings. You can do the fellowship. You know, I didn't go to a mixed company meeting for six months. Yeah, I told my sponsor, I was like, hey, there's some girls over there. I think I'm going to go, no, 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 no. You stay here with these old men, right? Old men, they're their 40s and 50s. Right? You bet. Hey, hey whoa, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, but but no, no, no. No, just stay right here. Sure. You know? And I've had a lot of cool experiences. I've had a lot of creepy experiences. I've only walked out of one meeting in my entire life because they were going to do a sex inventory, and I didn't feel comfortable at the time. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I'm just not feeling this. Sure. But I've been to so many meetings where it was like, it was exactly what I needed at the exact time that I needed it. You bet. Right? But that's not it. You know? That's only part of the triangle. Working the steps and sitting down with a guy and getting real about it is where the actual recovery happens. Because guess what we learn? It's not a drinking problem. It's an us problem, right? right? Something's fundamentally wrong with our spiritual well-being, right? And we can't address that by going to meetings. You know, my sponsor used to say, if you talk more than four minutes in a meeting, you need to talk to your sponsor. You're sharing too much, right? Give me the highlights. Give me the cliff notes and get on down the road, you know? Because the meeting is for fellowship and it's important. It, it means a lot. Oh, you bet. It, it, it matters. That's where you meet people. That's where it happens, right? But sitting down with a sponsor and getting real about it yeah. is where the healing starts. You bet. Right? No, I mean, and, and I think that's the, that's the beauty of, of this program, you know, because I tried so many times to, to you know, do it my way. Yep. You know, I was, I mean, I've tried self-sponsoring, you know, all of those yeah. things, you know, but, you know, and, and, I, and, I, and I say a lot that, you know, most of the, all of my relapses, you know, started with, you know, on five different sentences. You know, number one was, you know, hey, uh, maybe you're not an alcoholic. Yep. Or, you know, hey, you know what? You've been sober for 28 days in a treatment facility, <laughs> you know, or in a jail cell. You're probably you okay. Know, you deserve it. You know, I mean, they have a drink, you know. Um, you know, and, and you know. The, you, know, the, 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 you know, the third one was, you know, it's especially, you know, maybe you're not an alcoholic. But I was going to be the one that beat the system. You know, and, and I thought I was the only one that thought that I was going to beat the system. Right. Um, but the, the whole beauty of this program is that that relationship and, and what we get, you know, and I tell everybody that, you know, what you would once, you know, I tell the, my sponsors, hey, man, I'm going to get way more out of this than than you get. Um, because, you know, and, and I, my sponsor, you know, I still say my sponsor today is the most sober guy in AA because he's my sponsor, you know, but, um, you know, the, the greatest thing about, you know, all of this is, you know, growing together because I think that the, a lot of folks get that, get that wrong and they think that it's a, a peered or a tiered relationship and it's not, you know, I mean, in my opinion, it's just, it's accountability brothers, you know, from that standpoint. I met a guy in a meeting and he said, man, I really like that book. I'm on step four. 
And I was like, cool, who you work with? He's like, no, I'm doing it myself. I was like, you're not on step four. No, you're not. <laughs> and what's funny is I never saw him. Like, I didn't see him for like a month, yeah. right? He comes back, he looks rough. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, what's up, dude? And he's like, man, you know how much drinking I did because I was pissed at you? <laughs> and I was like, well, I mean, thank you, I guess. And yeah. he goes, but I realized you were right. And I was like, well, that's not, that's not why I said what I said. Yeah. You know, and I didn't even end up sponsoring him. Sure. He asked somebody else to, which is awesome. That doesn't yeah. hurt my feelings at all. But he was like, man, I'm going to get with somebody and work these steps. And I hope he did. You know, yeah, I hope he actually no. gets steps. Because I remember when I came in, old timers would be like, oh, you, if you were work these steps, you're going to die. You want to die? And I'm like, man, that doesn't really, you know, and that old fire and brimstone thing. Yeah. Or here's five bucks. You're already drunk. Go, you know, like, yeah. I don't need all that, yeah. you know. But I also don't need, man, you're doing a really good job. Yeah, you, keep going. You, you know. came to a meeting. Good yeah. job, dude. Yeah. You know, it's like. There's a, somewhere in the middle is the right answer. No, that's exactly, you know, and, and the thing is, is, you know, to hear that from you, because, you know, the thing is, is you came to your first meeting and, you know, we always say, keep coming back. It works. But the thing is, is, you know, you came in and you stayed. And, you know, the, the blessing to me is, you know, there's been a, t- a ton of times that, you know, you've been a part of my life or that you've said something that has helped me take a deeper look at me. You know, and go, yeah, you know, I mean, you know, that's some, that, and again, I, I, that's what I love about AA, and that's what I love about how lovely it is, because the thing is, is it's all about love. It's all about, you know, passing down, you know, the same thing, because, you know, I'm going to try, I'm going to go through these 12 steps, just like me and my sponsor did, you know, except that, you know, we're going to, you know, we might, I might have my, you know, turn on it. But it's still going to line up exactly the way that it is, but it can only be that way. I can't do this myself. Right. Right. And I can't make somebody else do it. Yeah. That's right. No, I mean, and, you know, um, you know, I I got, I've got, I got an older friend in the program and, um, and so, and, you know, he was just diagnosed and I'd never heard this, but he was just diagnosed with terminal um, alcoholism. And so they stuck in a feeding tube, non-responsible, everything else. And, um, you know, and, and, you know, I really didn't attempt to sponsor him, you know what I mean? But it was just, you know, and I love the old guy and everything else. And when I, when I got that news, I had to remember, you know, man, I'm not responsible. I'm not accountable for him drinking just as much as I wasn't accountable for him staying, you know, getting sober. But for the grace of God. But for the grace of God, you know, and that, and that's, and that's, you know, and that's the thing. The thing is, is, you know. I, man, I'm just another bozo on this drunk bus, and I'm trying to stay sober. Yeah. And you know, I'm trying to listen and learn because I don't know how to live this life. I'm never, you know, I've never been this sober in my entire life. Right. You know, I mean, since I was 12 years old, I've never been this sober. So every day that God is a blessing to me because I get a chance to serve others, to love God, to learn more about that, and you know, just to be able to 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 not be Ted, you know, I mean, in all reality, you know, I don't, you know, I mean, I introduced myself in, in meetings as I, you know, I am an alcoholic. My problem is Teddy because my problem is me. It's between my ears, you know, and that was a big thing, you know, relief for me that when, you know, somebody said, Hey man, um, you know, that, you know, your alcoholism is nothing but a symptom, you know, the drinking is nothing but a symptom. I mean, that was a relief for me because, you know, I'd had my ass kicked for 38 <laughs> right, years, right, right, right. you know, I mean, and I'd try, you know, and so I just kind of, you know, give up and it would, you know, you screw it, man. You know, I'm going to die with a drink in my hand. Yeah. And when that guy said that, he goes, you know, there's, there's other issues and the problem's you. Right. And that stuck because it was, a, it was almost like a, a you know, a lot, you know, a life, you know, you know, whatever those little circle things are. <laughs> life you know? preserver. Yeah. That, that you know, thing. because uh, to a drowning man, because, 
you know, I didn't really understand that I had a, a had a power issue, that I had a lack of power, you know, and um, and man, when I found, you know, when I found that power, and when that, you know, because I I, I say that because he wasn't lost, yeah. you know, or it wasn't lost, or whatever you choose to believe in, but it's not lost, you know, and we say we found him. Well, no, man, he was there, or it was there. Um, we were just able to, you know. He was able to shut down our mouths and our, you know, enough to touch our hearts right. and to be able to, you know, deliver us because, you know, in one of our, one of our, um, you know, other, t- you know, guys that came in, you know, you know him, Rich K, yeah. but, uh, you know, he came in and, um, and did, did, did a topic on, you know, spirituality ain't religion. Right. And, um, it was really good stuff. And, um, you know, those type things are, are really, really, you know, true to form because this is, you know, experience, strength and hope. And it's just one, you know, one man, you know, we're, we're having a meeting right now, you know, and that's what the big book says. Yep. And I I think the other important thing is finding humility, right? You bet. So when I came into this program, I couldn't look people in the eye. I looked at their shoes. That's how I knew everybody. I was like, oh, it's that one guy, right? So I went to a speaker meeting and my sponsor says, you like what that man had to say? And I was like, yeah, he said, well, go tell the guy you like what he had to say. So I walk up to the speaker. I'm staring at his shoes. You know, I'm like, hey, I really like the sure. mini. He's like, what's, what are you looking at, dude? Yeah. He's like, look at me in the eyes. And I was like, all right. So I started trying to look people in the eyes. And then I'm at a meeting, and this guy's always sharing this amazing stuff. You know what I mean? So I was like, I'm going to go tell this guy I like what he had to share. Right? I'm going to put myself out there. You bet. And so I walk over to the guy. I said, hey, I'm, I'm not looking at his shoes. I'm looking in the eye. I said, hey, man, I really like what you share. And he said, hey, is that your uh, big book sitting on the chair right there? And I said, yes, it is. And he said, why don't you read it every once in a while? Everything I say is from there. And I was like, holy cat. At first, I'm mad, right? Sure, I'm like, you bet. No, I you just bet. gave you a compliment. Son of a bitch. Yeah. And I looked you in the eye. I'm not even looking at your shoes. <laughs> yeah. Like, what do you want from me? Yeah. But then as I read the book, book, I'm like, man, these guys are plagiarizing everything. Oh, you right? bet. No, you know, we sound like, you know, wise, you know, I mean, but that, and that's the thing. The thing is, is, you know, what is it in, you know, in, in, in the pro, you know, is if, if, if you give them credit three times after that, you just say it. Yeah, so I, you know, this is an incredible program, man. And I'll, th- I'll tell you, I want to, I want to say thank you for for being of service and and you know coming in here and and visiting and sharing a little bit of you. Awesome. You know, I mean, it's it's in, in you know, I, man, dude, I, I love you. You know, I mean, I mean, it's it's a uh, it's been a, it's an honor and a pleasure just to to know you. And um, you know, I mean, it really and truly is. Uh, so let's get let's get onto a little bit more fun stuff All right. because. Um, I got one more question to ask you. Um, you know, how, how have you how have you changed the most over the last year? Well, we're coming out of COVID, right? Right. So I think uh, I realized that my tolerance for people was shot as I reintegrated myself back into public society, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think appreciation is off the charts, man. I miss going to Starbucks. I miss going to you know bookstores. And I think I took a lot of that stuff for granted. So I'm in gratitude right now, just remembering, trying to remember that things are good, man. You know, like trying to see the the greater things and the silver lining on everything. Because it's easy to get down, man. Negative thoughts breed negative thoughts, you know. And so I've become this pathological optimist where I believe in the greater good of everything. I love that. I mean, I, I love that. Now, here, here we go. Because I ask every one of our guests this question. All right. What superpower do you wish that you had, and and what does that say about you? What superpower do I wish I had? Yeah, yeah. and it's uh, X-ray vision has already been used. Right, you know, right. yeah. You, know. uh, you know what? Honestly, if I had a superpower, I would save people individually. Like I would intuitively know. 
you know how like Superman swoops in at the last minute, right when he knows yeah. somebody's like yeah. Spider Man or whatever. It wouldn't be like fly or whatever. It would just be like man, be able to help people. Perfect timing. Yeah, perfect timing. Man, you know, uh, again, you know, um, what is your 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 favorite quote that we use in AA? You know, the bumper sticker that you've that that you lean to. I think, I mean, my favorite one is you can't transmit something you don't have. You know, because that's that's the big one for me every day is to remind me, like, man, I got work to do. You know, I got one day and I got to get after it. Yeah, you know, I mean. And again, this is called, you know, if nothing changes if nothing changes. So, you know, we understand that. So, um, you know, it, you know, if you had the attention of the whole world for five minutes, what would you say? I think I would say just be nice to each other, man. You know, like there's so much tribalism and everything. And, and I agree that it's always been that way, but it seems worse right now. And I think AA is a shining example of people who wouldn't ordinarily mix getting along, not to say there's not discussions or disagreements or whatever, sure. but I'll tell you what, man, on a birthday night or something like that, it's a beautiful thing to watch people who have no business hanging out together. <laughs> different walks of life, different levels of education, different spiritual backgrounds, whatever, races, creed, whatever it is, just come together for a common purpose, man. You bet. No, I mean, and then, and again, that's, um, that's, that is, uh, you know, it, Dan, you know, that's insightful. You know, that's some insightful shit you're doing there, man. I'm just letting you know that. So, um, you know, again, we're getting to pretty close to the end, but, you know, what's the one question you wish I had asked you, and how would you have answered? <laughs> <laughs> the one question. Um, maybe what's my favorite meeting topic? I think, well, no, let me take that back. I think the one that, that gets me is what do you do when somebody shares and you don't like what they're sharing? I think that's one thing that people don't talk about enough. And the other thing people don't talk about enough is, do old-timers have bad days? You know, because I think that's a huge deal. I don't think we talk enough about, hey, man, just because I've got some time in this thing, it doesn't mean that everything's perfect. Like, sure. life still happens, you know? Man, I'm, you know, and, and 100% correct. Uh, you know, when I, when I was, you know, or they call it the pink cloud or what have you, sure. you know, and... When I first, you know, first got sober, and, and you know, and I don't believe in a pink cloud. I want to let you know that you can stay on that cloud if you choose to. You know, I mean, don't let the you know, but the work's just you know, you know, rinse piece, you know. But the whole thing about it is, is, is you know, the the, the just the 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 beauty of 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 AA of welcoming and non judgmenting and those type things. True, it blows me away. So um, let's see what we got here, and then we'll um. You know, again, let's just say, you know, Dan, man, you're a blessing. I know, you know, the work that, that you do and for AA and, and for these guys. And, you know, for me, it's, you know, just a complete honor to have you. Um, you know, guys, if, if you like what you heard uh, and you're coming back or you plan to come back or you'll never come back, you know, if you'd at least, you know, hit like, share, subscribe, all of those things that you know how to do. Uh, it, we'd be greatly appreciated here. Man, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, we hope you got a little bit of something out of this. And uh, I'll see you when I see you if you don't see me first. <laughs>